So, uh, as always, we'll uh, we'll start with two shaylas. Shaila number one, uh, I got from uh, Rabbi Shai Shechter, called me the other day. He said he got the following shaila. There is a guy who is going uh, out of town for a Shabbos, and he's being uh, put up at someone's house for Shabbos, and the house that he's being put up at um, is an, uh, an older couple with no children at home, and the husband, uh, unfortunately, is suffering from dementia. So he's going to be in this house with this woman and her husband, but the husband is not really uh, all, all there. He's not with it enough to necessarily know what's going on around him. So the Shaila is, is this fellow allowed to stay at the house? Why wouldn't this fellow be allowed to stay at the house? Yichud, right? Meaning this is a, seems like a problem of Yichud. So that was Shaila number one, whether uh, the person can stay at the house. Shaila number two. Uh, there's a uh, rabbi who has a different rabbi, has a member of his shul whose son is no longer religious. And uh, it got so bad that uh, the boy, as often happens, unfortunately, married a non-Jewish woman. And it really broke apart the family for a while. The parents weren't speaking to their son. You know, it used to be in the old, in the old days when uh, someone went to marry, you know what the was? It's at Shiva, you know, this, so, so this, is, uh, this really shook up the family. There's uh, you know, nothing worse for a Jew to do than to, uh, than to intermarry, pretty much. And uh, so really, really was a very traumatic thing. And um, a while later, the son informed his parents that, don't worry, my wife has undergone a conversion. They said, yeah, what kind of joke conversion has your wife undergone, meaning you're not even religious, we know you're not Shomer Shabbos, you're not Shomer Kashrus, you're not Shomer anything. So he said, no, it's an orthodox conversion. So uh, she has a certificate from an orthodox base. Didn't three orthodox rabbi signed on the certificate? And, uh, and, and uh, when uh, they looked into the names of the rabbis, first of all, it was under the auspices of an, of, of a, an orthodox rabbi, but someone who's a controversial figure, has sometimes very creative interpretations of Tanakh and uh, things that are you know, dancing on the line of apicursus, if not, although it's debatable which side of the line they're on, and uh, you know, depending on the occasion, but certainly dancing on that on that line. And the names on of the rabbis on the certificate are affiliated with the open Orthodox movement of uh, Judaism, not the uh, not, not uh, um, the modern Orthodox movement or the Haredi Orthodox, the open Orthodox movement of uh, of Judaism. And uh, they, when the parents asked. What kind of games could this be if there's no observance? So uh, the son said, no, she studied for a year. They made her study for a year. And she had to do Shabbos, Nida, and Kashrus. That's all they required, that she does Shabbos, Nida, and Kashrus. Unclear to me, just from the Shaila, what it means to do Shabbos, Nida, and Kashrus. Does that mean that they, that's all they required her to learn about? Does it mean that's all they required her to accept upon herself? Or does that mean to say she's accepting upon herself? Or does that mean that they actually required her to practice that in advance and, 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 and give the promise that she will continue to practice that after, uh, after going through the conversion? Um, but what the parents do know is that the son is certainly not observant. Neither is, it doesn't seem that the wife is either. And now, on top of all that, she's pregnant. So what are the parents to do? Should they assume that their daughter-in-law and future grandchild are Jewish? And if not, should they be makariv them as a couple? 
and hope that she upgrades her conversion? Should they cut off ties because as far as they're concerned, it's still an intermarriage? Right? What is the proper attitude to, uh, to take in, uh, in, in dealing with this very, uh, very sad and unfortunately all too common uh, situation, family situation? Good, so we have Shiloh number, I mean, none of this is good, but Shiloh number one is uh, the fellow who's invited to a home where the husband has dementia and the wife is around. Shiloh number two, about the uh, conversion by the questionable basin. Any preference, which one? Okay, I figured it might be unanimous this week. Okay, so <laughs> I guess Shiloh number two. Okay, so uh, I rigged it, actually. I don't even have a sheer prepared on the other one. Um, <laughs> the, uh, so, so, no, I do, it's right here. But, but, uh, but Shiloh number, number two. Um, so w- what are the issues that we have to figure out over here? What's the, uh, what's the question? What, what do we have to look at? Like, where do we start? What, what halachas? I want to open up a shulchan aruch. Where do I open up? Hilchas geiris. But what about hilchas geiris? What, what, what halacha do I need to learn about? Kabbalah's oh, mitzvahs. what's kabbalas mitzvahs? How important is kabbalas mitzvahs? How does one fulfill kabbalas mitzvahs? And, and therefore, was this a kabbalas mitzvahs? Anything else in hilchas geiris that's going to be important to know about? Yeah, if you don't know the halachas, so if Okay, meaning how much knowledge you have to have, which is related to Kabbalah's mitzvahs. Anything outside of Kabbalah's mitzvahs that, that, that relates to this gerus? Yeah, so uh... Oh, what are the qualities that are needed for the ba- What are the qualifications that are necessary for the Beisdin? Is this a kosher Beisdin to do a gerus? And if it's not, is the gerus a, a, a valid gerus? And then once you figure that out, then you put away your Yeridea and you have to open up the imaginary fifth uh, fifth volume of Shulchan Aruch, uh, fifth chelik of Shulchan Aruch, and, and figure out what the Eitzah is for parents that are that are trying to deal with the situation. What's the smartest thing to do in uh, in dealing with uh, with this situation? So let's start with the basics. Let's start with Kabbalah's mitzvahs. Um, and and I just want to be clear: in any discussion about Kabbalah's mitzvahs, I'm talking about um, these kinds of cases which come up all the time in the United States. I am not getting into the whole issue in Eretz Yisrael, which is an entirely different issue. When you're dealing with a, 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 a Jewish society and thousands and thousands of people that, that are questionably uh, Jewish and want to go through a or that are clearly going to belong to a Jewish community, that is a much, much more complicated issue and is something that needs to be dealt with and has been dealt with by Gedola Yisrael, but that, that, that's, that there, there are so many different nuances in Israel that are not Nogeya in America um, that, uh, that, that we're, we're just, we're, we're, we're going to try to deal with Kabbalah's mitzvahs on, a, on an individual basis, not on a national basis. Meaning we're dealing with an individual who needs, uh, a ge- who's interested in the Gerus, and what, what exactly is going to be required of them. So this is a sugya in Mesechus Yivamas and Daf Mem The Gemara quotes a Brisa, Ger Shabbat is Geir If a Ger comes to convert nowadays, Omrim Lo. First thing we say, Mari Isa Shabbat is Geir. Why? Why would you want to join the Jewish people? Don't you know what it means to be a Jew? Aren't you familiar with all the anti-Semitism? Don't you know how, how, how much, uh, you know, if, you, if a Jew walks in Brooklyn today, they're, they're risking uh, an, an anti-Semitic attack every time they, uh, they walk down the streets. In Omer, if the fellow says, 
If he says, yeah, I know, but um, you know, I still feel like unworthy. This is unbelievable. I want to belong to such a, uh, such a people. We, we accept that, that uh, statement. We therefore tell him, we let him know, Mixas mitzvos kalos, or mitzvos mitzvos chamuros, modinos aonshen shel mitzvos, and we let him know the punishment of the mitzvos. We give him a sampling of mitzvos. We don't teach him kala torah kula regalachas. That's impossible. But we give him a sampling. So uh, we tell him. The Gemara says about leket shicha peya meiser ani, which is an interesting uh, choice. We tell him, look, uh, before before you, you, you come to, to convert, if you eat chilev, you're not chayiv kares. Chilalta Shabbos, yet on a skila. If you're mechal Shabbos, no chayiv skila. Adrabi, now you're not allowed to be shomer Shabbos. Achshav, but now if you convert, if you eat chilev, you're going to be chayiv kares. If you're mechal Shabbos, you're going to be chayiv skila. And we also tell them it's not all negative. We tell them the matan schar, and the great schar that comes with fulfilling mitzvos. Uh, and then Kibel, if he accepts everything, Malinosa, we give him a bris mila, and as soon as he's cured from the mila, Matbilinosamiyag, we, uh, we put him in the mikveh, and Talmidicham uh, Romdin al Gabav, and they let him know while he's in the mikveh, Mixas mitzvos kalos, and Mixas mitzvos chamuros, Tavol ba'Allah, Harehu Yisrael l'chal Tavarat. How many times in that Kabarat, for those who paid attention to the whole Tavarat, how many times in that Kabarat do we let him know about mitzvos? Twice. Right, once when he first comes, then the second time when he's in the mikvah. By the way, we do this. We still do. Uh, obviously, when they first come, uh, we we put them on a uh, on, on. We we try to say it's not a great idea. You know, uh, why why do you want to do this? And uh, be discouraging a little bit. If they're persistent, we uh, provide a curriculum and a teacher to pair them up with to coach them and teach them all of the necessary things. Uh, not everything. You can't teach everything, but we teach that which is necessary to be able to get by as a Jew, to be able to function as, as, as a Shomer Torah mitzvos. So what kinds of things do you need to know in order to function as a Shomer Torah mitzvos? What would you put in the curriculum? It says, on a day-to-day basis, I want to live as a Torah-observant Jew. What do I need to know? Kashras, Shabbos, Tefillah, good. How to read Hebrew? Brachos. Every time they eat, they're going to have to say a bracha. So these are the kinds of things. Now, it's interesting that everyone here just mentioned halachos, but we also have to teach them ikarei hamuna. And very often, this is the most challenging part, especially if you're dealing with someone from a Christian background. Very often, um, I'll, I'll give you a, an example. I, I've been involved in Gairus for a few years. I'm trying to be less involved, but I was involved in Gairus for a few years, and, uh, and, and, and we, it's happened more than once where we ask the conversion candidate who's already been studying for years and often has already been Shomer Shabbos and Kashrus for 6 to 12 months and we'll ask them, what does the concept of Mashiach mean to you? And you know what the answer is often especially with people with, with Christian backgrounds? Mashiach, that's God, that's the one and only that's the Messiah, Messiah is God why do they think Messiah is God? I could just imagine someone splicing the recording of this. They leave words in the side. Why do why do they think that? What? Yashka. That's what they grew up with. It's very hard. And in the mikvah, we ask them that again, because ikari and muna are obviously very very critical. 
to being uh, to being a Jew. I mean, that's what it's all about. The, the shmiras and mitzvos is the uh, is the application of it, is the expression of it. But it is emuna, right? It is our our foundations of belief. So the Yudgim Likari Emunah, the 13 Likari Emunah, are absolutely, absolutely critical. What if they say, look, I can't do all that. That's just, that's crazy. That's too much. I, I, you expect me never to speak Lashon Hara? They found out about there's such a thing called Lashon Hara. You expect me not to speak Lashon Hara? Like, and you want me to sit around a Shabbos table. So sit around a Shabbos and not speak Lashon Hara. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Like say to the Torah? What am I in the Washington house? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Right? How am I supposed to... Uh, how? So if, if the person says that, I can't accept that. Absolutely not. That's how I make my living. That's uh, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a journalist. I speak Lashon Hara for whatever. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's what I do. So the halach is, the Gemara says, M'sech's Pechor. So v'chadm shavah l'kabal divrei Torah, chutz midavar echad, e'en m'kabal n'osof. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Domar, afilu diktu kachal midavrei sofim. Even if he says, can't do n'tila sidayim. N'tila sidayim, didn't do no, the right, so lovely. You read the Tame, you're not. There's no such thing as just you, you're dying becoming Tame. The whole thing is a Takanami Drabanan. If he says, I can't accept it, we don't accept him as a get. So, this is all to say that we can't be Makabalim as a get. But what if we already did? Meaning, okay, we're not supposed to. It's improper to accept someone who uh, we think is going to be Machal Shabbos or who, uh, or who rejects a mitzvah in, in the Torah. Which, by the way, there has to be some some limit to what the expectation is. Right? We have to talk about that a little bit. Is imagine you're, you're Magai or someone, and then a couple of weeks later, someone's sitting at a Shabbos table with them, and uh, someone at the table speaks lashon hara, and the ger listens and smiles. The whole geris is invalid. They were just makabel lashon hara, so you can invalidate the geris. What kind of kabbalah is mitzvos? So that's ridiculous. You can't say something like that, right? So, so where do we draw the line? And th- this is going to be one of the, the core issues over here. Um, so let's first deal. What if we already warn the cattle, the person, as a get? So there's a Rambam. The Rambam describes at uh, great length. I'll try to hit the highlights over here. Uh, the Rambam writes, Al-Yala al do not think for a moment that Shimshon HaMashiach Yisrael or Shlomo Melch Yisrael who's called Yedid Hashem Nasu Nashim Nachrios Begiyusan. Don't think that they married non-Jewish women. I, but it says in the Bible that they married non-Jewish women. No. Says the Rambam, normally when a person comes to convert we have to test what their intentions are. Why do you want to convert? What's your interest? And if we see that they're converting for an ulterior motive not because they're interested in our religion, but they have some other motivation. They, a guy wants to convert because he fell in love with a Jewish girl, or, or a woman who fell in love with a Jewish boy, um, or, or the, the Jewish people seem to be so rich, they're controlling Hollywood, they control the weather, whatever it is. The, uh, the fellow wants to be the best meteorologist. Or whatever it is that, that, that he thinks he's going to connect to, and he's going to convert for, Modino so COVID, we reject them. And Imlonim Salamila, if we don't find that there's some problem with them, then we let them know about how difficult Torah is and the difficulty of observing mitzvahs and the great schar, and he paraphrases the rest of the Gemara. And he says, 
Big Shlomo Melchus Megayer women at a time where it was so likely that they were converting because things were really good for the Jewish people in the times of Shlomo Melchus. And Shimshon was Megayer women at a time where he should not have, and they were doing it clearly for ulterior motives. They knew that there was an ulterior motive. The psukim talk about them as if they are Gayim. And, and justifiably so, says the Rambam. They, they continued their idol-worshipping ways. They built Vamos, and, uh, and that, that's why these great Jewish leaders were, were, were referred to in Tanakh as the builders of those Bamos, as the people who were over those that of Adazari, even though they themselves were not. And then the Ram goes on and writes, that a ger If you never checked, you never let him know anything, umal v'tavol b'tnegimol hadiotos, keywords, and he had, he had a mila, tevila, in front of three hadiotos, we'll get to the three hadiotos part later, hareze ger! Even if you know that it was because of a material motive. He was mal and tavel, so yatsa mechlal akum, says the Rambam. Wow. Mal, meaning, if I were to ask any of you, three qualifications. Well, yeah, I would give it away if I said three. What are the qualifications of ger? What are the, what's the process of ger? What does it involve? So you would tell me, well, for a male, it's three things. It's mila, it's tvila, it's kabbalah's mitzvahs. Says the Rambam, it's mila, it's tvila, it should be kabbalah's but it's not necessarily defined as Kabbalah's mitzvahs. And that's how the Magad Mishnah understands the Rambam, that Bidyevet Kabbalah's mitzvahs is not Ma'akiv. We use Kabbalah's mitzvahs as a measure, a measure of the person's motivation, but not as, as a Ma'akiv of the Gerus. So if you, if you go with that Rambam, it seems that there's a lot to a Gerus that has no Kabbalah's mitzvahs. However, Shulchan Aruch Paskins explicitly, Kalin Yoni all the issues relating to again. Bein lo diya mitzvah sakabla. Bein amila, bein atvila. All of the things. Tzarech sheyu begimel aksherim lodun biyom. That's dafka lechachilim. In bidiyavim lo 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 tavol and it's belayla. Fine, it's a ger. Chutz mi kabbalas ha mitzvah shema akeves im eino biyomu bishlosha. Kabbalas mitzvah is not only ma'akev, it's more ma'akev that it be done right than mila and tvila. More ma'akev that'll be done in front of a basin, that'll be done during the daytime when basin is supposed to convene, than mila tvila. In Lazar's Mipsaka Shulchan Aruch, we follow what the Shulchan Aruch says. So Kabbalah's Mitzvah is ma'akev. It's a very important thing. Okay, so what if the fellow doesn't observe everything? Right, the guy that converts or the girl that converts, it's usually women, by the way, much higher, at least my experience, much higher percentage uh, of the converts are, are women than, uh, than men. Um, they're usually more impressive candidates as well for whatever reason. Um, I'm sure there's some theory behind it, but that's uh, the Matthias that, uh, that I've seen. Um, so what, what if they don't observe everything? So there is uh, a comment, that, that, that not a comment, a psak of the Achiezer, Chaim Moise. He says, So he says, but that means that he said, I refuse to accept it. Meaning, that I'm going to be Megayer Almanas, that it's mutter for me to eat bread without Natila Sedak. Meaning, he, he specifically wants us to agree that that din doesn't apply to him. That I, I'm going to be Megayer Almanas, that I'm allowed to speak Lashonara. That's when Ein Makabanosa. Because you can't make a Tanai in your Gerus. You can't leave something out of your Gerus. But someone who's Makabal all the mitzvahs, but he has a Yetzirah like anybody else has a Yetzirah. 
that's not a chisaron in the Kabbalist mitzvahs. Yeah, someone who's going to continue to, uh, every once in a while, speak a little Lashon Hara. Everyone, whatever the Averos that the Nehna the Mitzvah B'chol Yom, Mehem B'chol Yom, the Gemara says, that you're not saved from every day, a little bit of, an, uh, you know, of, 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 of being michshol in certain very common issues, because he has a, he's, he has he has Yitzhara, that doesn't ruin the games. Says Rav Moshe, Igus Moshe Yodeich El Gimel Simikuvches, that it's mistaver that a ger that's makabel all the mitzvos, but he says to the basin that even though he's being makabel the mitzvos, he knows that he's not going to be able to withstand the challenge all the time of being able to fulfill the mitzvos. That's called the kabbalas mitzvos. Because he, he's accepting upon himself the chiyuv, but he knows that. Ramosh was talking about a case. It was a case where a woman was Megayer, and uh, she had a job where if she didn't work on Saturday, she was going to get fired. And she worked like the next Saturday, or the next Yantif, I think it was. And then after that, she switched jobs or whatever. And, and Ramosha said it doesn't mean that it was a bad game. It means that that was something that was an overwhelming challenge for her, and she just wasn't up for the challenge. But she understood to be makabal all the mitzvahs in the, in the very at the very beginning, and and Rav Moshe even uses that as uses another a, another element as a sniff lahakel when it comes to kabbalas mitzvahs. Although it should be pointed out, it's only a sniff; it's not uh, the, the primary argument. Where Rav Moshe writes that by a conservative basin, you know, he says the uh, the, the husband that she's Megai, that this woman is being megayer for is a mechal shabbos violates all sorts of isurim. So she thinks she's being Megayer to, to, to marry the best Jew she's ever met. She doesn't know what a good Jew... I mean, to her, this is... I mean, he's the, the, the sweetest Jew in the whole world. He's the biggest tzaddik she's, uh, she's ever met. So he says she, she was Mechabel to be like every Jew. That, I mean, like what she thought Jews are supposed to be. So it could be, even though she didn't know anything about mitzvot, it could be that that's enough of a Gerus. That Kabbalah's mitzvot means I'm being Mechabel to live as part of a Jewish community. Now, Rav Moshe would not say this, nor even be the evident in a regular case, but this is one sniff in many sniff in one consideration that maybe, maybe, that's that's good enough. A similar svara that we use all the time, meaning, I, I, we mentioned before, a person is still going to go on to, to violate our various every once in a while. So how do we measure it? What's called the Kabbalah's Mitzvah, what's not? So it's the standards of the Orthodox community that they're being Megayer into. So if a person is being Megayer into uh, Chabad, let's say, so probably if they uh, if they shave with a, you know if they, if they shave their beard, then it probably was not. Then they say I want to shave my beard, but that, that's what they're being Megayer into. Then then they're not living up to those standards. A person uh, uh, um, is joining uh, certain types of Orthodox communities where maybe not all the married women cover their hair, so she doesn't cover her hair. It doesn't ruin the gerus. She's living like every other Jew in her community, provided that it's an Orthodox community. Orthodox community means accepts Torah accepts the system of Torah mitzvahs, even though every community has their failings. Some with Benadim Lamakom, others with Benadim Lachaveru, some with both. Every every community has has their failings, but she's going to be a, a part of that of that community. Um, what if the fellow says that he's accepting all the mitzvahs, but then doesn't? Meaning, he says it, but then he doesn't actually do it. So, uh, the Gemara says very clearly in Yavamas that, that 
even if there were ulterior motives, the gerus could be kosher. As a echad isha neskay l'shem isha, isha neskay l'shem ish. You know, you accept you you megayer for whatever reason. Uh, in the times of Shlomo Melech, uh, the gerus is still going to be kosher. So comes along the tshuva's base Yitzchak, and he says, that's only if they were actually makabel the mitzvahs. Uh, they just happen to have been motivated by an impure motivation. But if they were never actually makabal the mitzvahs, then it's not a good gerus at all. Then belibo shalo yikayim rachmana libo loyivlonas again. If the person has in mind, as they're telling you, oh yeah, I'm a Kabbalah all the mitzvahs, that they're not going to be a Kabbalah any of the mitzvahs. And that's what's in their heart. Rachman Alibabai. That's, that's an invalid, an invalid gerus. However, not everyone agrees to that. Rav Kook disagreed. Rav Kook in the Chuvas Das Cohen. I saw much of this in an article uh, written by Rav Chaim Navon on the, uh, on the, on the Gush website. That there, he quotes Rav Kook in Das Cohen, Simon Kuflin Gimel, I think it is. That if the fellow accepts verbally that he's going to be in the Kabbalah mitzvahs, Dvarim Shablevian and Dvarim, and we assume it's a valid gerus. But, Rav Moshe writes, if you know he's lying, it's an umdunadamuchach that he's lying, it's Pashru Baru that he's lying, then it's not a good gerus. So you can be trusting mm, to an extent. To an extent. So that's as far as Kabbalah's mitzvahs is concerned. So now, uh, where are we as far as this guy is concerned? As far as this uh, woman is concerned, rather? Is there a couple of mitzvahs? Is it a valid gerus? Is it not a valid gerus? So we are passing Shulchan Aruch. The couple of mitzvahs is ma'akev the gerus, right? But what is couple of mitzvahs? Did the person actually plan to observe the mitzvahs? Probably not. Did the person say they're going to observe the mitzvahs? Probably yes. So that seems to be a machlokas, right? That seems to be machlokas. Yitzchak says absolutely no good. Rav Moshe says, you, if you're sure that they have no plans of, of observing mitzvahs, no good. And the Malam uh, writes that he thinks as long as they say it, as long as they say it, then uh, that they're being makabal mitzvahs, then that's, uh, that's good enough. Um, what about the requirements of a Beisden? Requirements of a Beisden in Gerus. So the Gemara Yavamas quotes, Mishpat Ksivbei, you need a real Beisden, so it's a question, can we really have a real basin? We don't have smicha nowadays. Okay, we shall discuss. We're considered shluchim of the original batidin, or maybe you only need a basin when it's possible to have a basin. We don't have smicha anymore, so we can't have a basin. Uh, but the basic quality, and, and remember, we saw in Shulchan, that even a basin shall hadiotos counts. You don't need to be a uh, basin of mumchim. You don't need to be gerus experts. Basin shall hadiotos would count. So is there anyone that's possible to be on a basin? If, uh, if a head of regular people can be on a basin, so who can't be? So what would you say? Who can't be on a basin? A Russian, right? And anyone who's not, who's not kosher la'id is not kosher la'basin, even a basin shalad yotos. Right? That's what Martin Sanajan said. So a Russian is not allowed to be on a basin. Okay, how do we define a Russian? So there are different types of Russia. There's what's called Russia de Hamas. Russia de Hamas means a person who's, not, who's dishonest when it comes to monetary dealings. Uh, a gambler. Um, Rasha Dechamas relates to, uh, to people who, um, the way Rav likes to formulate it, people who compromise their principles for money. So it doesn't always mean stealing. It sometimes means something's more profitable for them, and uh, they're willing to compromise their Judaism for that. They're willing to compromise principles if it's, uh, it's going to benefit them in some way or another. So that's Rasha Dechamas. Then there's just Stama Rasha, someone who does not be Torahs, someone who doesn't believe in Torah and 
So this is where it gets very tricky. So are the members of this based in that were on this Gera certificate, are they, do they qualify as an Apikoros? So in, in the past, when we've had these kinds of situations, we've spoken to Gedolei Aposkin, and uh, the basic response we got was, you got to look into who the Dayanim were. Yeah, it's three people who call themselves Orthodox. But, you know, very often just a Google search will reveal things that they've written, things that they've spoken about, where if they say that uh, certain mitzvot or isurim in the Torah no longer apply nowadays because it doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't fit with our common sensibilities, with our modern sensibilities. If they, if they question the authorship of certain parts of the Bible, of, of Torah, so you could be dealing with a real apicotus. If you're dealing with a real apicotus, you don't have a basin, if you don't have a basin, you don't have a gerus. So that, that's a possibility. Sometimes it's just, you know, a more open-minded kind of uh, person who likes strange ideas, and, but it stays safely on this side of the line, on the right side of the line of apicotus. So it's very, very challenging. That's, you know, what we've been told. In general, if you're going to do the Geirus again, if the person wants to upgrade and actually become Shomotar Mitzvah, we would do what we call a Girul Chumra. We would, we would not recite a bracha. Even after a conservative Geirus, typically only a Girul Chumra. We would not recite a bracha with the second Geirus. But what's what's, the, what's the, the right thing to do? So if the woman was asking, should I do another Geirus? The answer, of course, you do another Geirus. And, and with that should come an increased uh, interest in Shemir Samitzos. But if the question is, just how do I relate to them, given what is on an emotional level, so, you know, uh, uh, and, and should, I, should I treat my daughter-in-law and my future grandson as a third Goyim? Probably not. It, 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 it's, 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 it's not, it's certainly not an ideal Geirus, and it's certainly something that, that you would need to, to uh, uh, try to inspire an improvement in the, in the future. But uh, generally speaking, what causes that to happen is connection to family, um, is a relationship with religious family, with orthodox family. And the greater that connection is, the stronger the chance that as a couple they'll come to... I mean, at this point, where you have a suffix here, probably the best, the, the best possible outcome is that, they, that, that, that they'll become more observant than one who want to keep Torah mitzvahs. When a person initially marries a non-Jew, what's the best possible outcome? Divorce, right? That's the best possible outcome. Once you're in this situation where you have a gear that may be good and was signed by Orthodox rabbis, and so then the best possible outcome seems to be that they should, uh, they, that at some point they should be, they should be inspired. Um, but that's, uh, it's, it's a very, very challenging thing. You know, I had one case, uh, not going to go into details, but a case where where uh, a yeshiva guy, a guy who uh, you know learned very, very well. He was always always had his own mind, but you know did his own thing. But it was more like uh, he was doing bikius when other guys were doing eun. You know, like that was uh, the, the. But he fell in love with the guy somehow, or whatever, uh, whatever happened. I don't know how it happened to him. I know him for a long time, and uh, and, and one of his rebellion said to him, "Normally, I charge to 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 write again." The girl went through a conversion also, this type of uh, questionable conversion, where there doesn't seem to have been the possibility even of real Kiyom Mitzvahs. And his, one of his rebbeim said, I normally I charge to try to get free of charge, I promise. We'll take care of the get and we'll be... 
Meaning, at, uh, in that situation, it was much more complicated. In that situation, Taka, the best uh, resolution probably would have been uh, divorce, but I'm not going to get into what that situation was. So anyway, so at the end of the day, it seems that we have at least a suffix over here, and probably the best solution is to, uh, to become close with them and to try to be makari of them so that they'll be interested in upgrading the geiris and living life of Shomri Torah Mitzvahs. Have a great job, everybody.